Your story. It lives in River City. Where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel. Where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another. Where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha. Told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, the uh, Combine has done its thing today. We've gotten to see a few quarterbacks throw. We've gotten to see some receivers run. We've started to get kind of news on some of the measurements. Kenny Pickett, he of the small hands, turns out small hands. Was it eight and a quarter or is it eight and a half? Eight and a half. Eight and a half. So this cat, if he were to be drafted, Zach, in the first round, maybe by the Broncos, but if he were to be, he'd be the first and only quarterback uh, since Michael Vick to get drafted in the first round with hand size of eight and a half inches. Your thoughts? I, You know, beyond his hands, I look at his whole body of work. I look at his entire skill set, and I don't see a dynamic franchise 10-year championship quarterback. I think it was Todd McShay who called him a poor man's Mac Jones. I don't want a poor man's Mac Jones personally. I think the Broncos had that last year for the most part in Teddy Bridgewater. I want a dual. I keep saying it every podcast and I will. I just want an exciting playmaker under center, whether it's a dual threat guy or whether it's a guy with a howitzer for an arm that can find his guys and launch balls downfield and score touchdowns. I don't see that in Pickett's NFL future. So I'm not putting a lot of onus on his hand size. It is pretty small, but even Joe Burrow had a tweet, and I was, you know, I mentioned that yesterday that hand size isn't all it's cracked up to be. He's done pretty well so far with his tiny hands. Um, so I think Pickett with the right team would would flourish in the NFL, but I don't think that right team is the Broncos. And I'm gonna put it out there on Jump Street in the first two minutes of the podcast. Malik Willis is quarterback one, and I don't think it's close, in my opinion. I just 
his natural upside, his dual threat ability, his his athleticism, his legs, his arm. But I heard, according to a report, that he's interviewing really well, and teams are impressed by the way he's uh, able to recite plays and learn plays and learn playbooks. That's that's a big box to check for someone as raw as Malik Willis. And also, did you see the candid video of Malik Willis on the street today? That um, I have seen. Helping out a guy. He, he wasn't being filmed for any purpose. The guy just happened to be there. It was a guy on the street down on his luck, and Malik Willis stopped and helped him with these things. It's just high character, smarter quarterback whose upside is through the roof and the highest in this year's draft class. Apparently, I put a tweet out there and a lot of pushback. Broncos country doesn't want Malik Willis. Broncos country doesn't believe in me, Malik Willis, but that's that's my QB one, and I'm rocking with him. Yeah, he's still my QB one as well. You know, we talk about hand size. Uh, they're doing all the measurements. We talk about, you know, arm length. What about foot size? You know what they say about guys with big feet, Zach? Careful. Big shoes. Hey, get your mind out of the gutter. Get your mind out of the gutter. Sam Bam, what's good? Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Good evening, he says. I love the pods and articles MHH continues to put out. That is all. Go Broncos. So sweet of you, Sam Bam. Love you. I know that's not your real name, but Sam Bam. Let me try and remember this. Uh, Broncos, Braves, Mavericks. See? Still trap. I might have got the M wrong. Rod TV, it's good to see you as well, my friend. Thank you for jumping in early with a super chat. He says, it's looking like no top QB to this team. And if that's true, then no top free agents like Jones would want to play with the quarterbacks, like, for example, DJ Reader. If so, then go get Malik, he says that. Show Chandler Jones enough of that, and he'll come play for the Broncos. And he's not going to be this, like, $20 million a year linebacker. You can probably get him on a two-year deal for, I don't know, $23, $24 million book. And that's that's not bad. That's not bad for a rental, a mercenary like Chandler Jones. But I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say that if they don't get Aaron – uh, players aren't going to want to play here. I think most who are pretty smart realize this roster is right there. They are just a mid-level, even quarterback away from seriously competing. And I think a lot of players around the NFL, especially if they're incentivized enough, again, would want to play for Denver. I'm not worried about that. We've got Dave Millage in the house. What is good, my friend? Thank you very much for that. Wow. Very generous super chat from up there north of the 49th parallel. Dave, you prove. Every single day, the Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being, baby. And we appreciate you supporting us, helping us keep the lights on. It goes a long way. Trust. He says, top of the evening, MHH, liked and ready for some, as always, super ideas and thoughts from this energetic chat. It should get interesting after the QB action at the Combine today. Chad and Zach and Scott, thanks again for the work you guys put in. Hey, it is our pleasure. We uh, we appreciate it, bro. On the subject of the edge rushers, Zach, Nick Kendall just uh, sent in an article covering this for us. It hasn't published yet, but Mike Kliss reported today, quote, the buzz at the combine is the Broncos will be looking to spend decent money, whatever that means, on a pass rusher when free agent negotiation period opens in two weeks, close quote. Who do you think, if they're looking to throw a few dollars around and then we'll grab T twice here, who do you suppose might fit that bill? Chandler Jones? Who else? 
Hassan Reddick, who I love. I'm a big fan of his game. He screams off the edge. He's good against the run. He's a good locker room guy. Um, I would pay him as well. And I'd love to have Reddick. And also, I keep mentioning his name. There's a little more baggage, but Randy Gregory, who's just a missile uh, if you use him the right way, and he can really help out this defense. But I was asked on, we both were from Bryce uh, Mindset on Twitter, Chad, if the Broncos don't sign a high profile edge, what about drafting Thibodeau? I'm not banking on Bradley Chubb either remaining healthy or remaining effective. So if they even sign Chandler Jones, I'm still considering Thibodeau. I'm probably um, doubling up either in the draft or free agency or a combination of both because they need help there. Bradley's on his fifth-year option. It's probably more than likely his last year. I don't, I'm not convinced that Jonathan Cooper is a 10-year long-term answer. And who's behind them? They have no one after Von Miller left. They need help there. It's Arguably, after quarterback, their biggest need on the roster. Uh, but in 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 this year's uh, open market, there are some nice names. I'm going Chandler Jones, number one, at least ten sacks in every year since 2015, except for a throwaway 2020 season. And Reddick again, who's a little younger, uh, but I think brings. And if he can succeed with Vance, he he'll kill it in Denver with Evero. As Nick Kendall continues to harp on in his last few articles, he keeps bringing it up, and for dang good reason. That Bronco pass rush, man, it was the pits. ESPN's analytics that they use, Broncos were dead last. PFF's pass rush grade, de- a second to dead last. So uh, they need reinforcements. And you can't bank on, well, maybe this is the year Bradley Chubb isn't hurt or compromised in some way, shape, or form. Um, T Twice is in the house with us. And this reminds me that we have winners of jersey drawings to announce tonight. Guys, as we say hello to all of our great Facebook supporters, including T twice, who says evening fellows and Broncos just got to say it was awesome to see Malik Willis outside of the Colts stadium, helping a homeless person. I hope we draft him. He's a high character guy. No doubt. Malik Willis has been impressing a lot of people. And I'm talking NFL people in these interviews, the character, the football IQ, the charisma, and then you get to the talent, which is considerable question is how far away is Malik Willis? from putting it all together. And that's what NFL teams are trying to get a beat on right now. Lawrence as well saying, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. Sold on Malik Willis with his heart. This kid is going places, but really hand size. I'm hoping he has hands, (laughs) not hand size. Okay, guys, we did the drawing. All right. It has been executed for the month of February on Facebook. Remember the Moji goes and mo chances you get the most tickets in the hat. We hit the 250,000 goal in the month of February and only those who contributed to the goal were in the running. Now, Michael Ronquillo, he basically owned the hat. So what we decided to do, cause he was just so supportive in the month of February is we just said, you know what, Michael, you're getting to Jersey. Here you go. Steve Outwater. Thank you, bro. Removing him from the equation kind of level leveled the playing field for everybody else. And the drawing for the month of February, a Broncos Jersey of this person's choosing goes to, Jacob, the man, Foster. So, Jacob, congrats to you, my friend. This is a Broncos jersey of your choice. Um, Just word to the wise, it's of your choice. Much easier from an availability perspective getting jerseys that are current Broncos, just an FYI. Either current Bronco or Hall of Fame Bronco, if you're looking like rear view. Still, like Diamond Rattler, we owe Diamond Rattler a uh, Demarius Thomas jersey, Zach, but I searched about every other day. I do a search trying to find one 
there isn't one yet. So as soon as one pops back up, of course, we're, we're getting one for the diamond rattler. Um, so just keep that in mind. All right. Also our super chat superstars, the top five finishers, uh, D dub, uh, DWI guys. That's Ethan, Michaela, Corey H. And then the winner, five people, five names went to a hat. Zach, the winner. Y'all might remember nice. this cat, Casey Nickel. Casey Nickel wins himself a Broncos jersey of his choosing. So Casey, reach out and uh, let us know. Email that goes for you as well, Jacob. Milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Let us know the jersey and let us know the size. And of course, we'll need your shipping deets and we'll get that out to you. So congrats to both of you. Much love and respect. We appreciate each and every one of you. And a hat tip to the raffle winners. Yeah, congrats to you guys and very well deserved. And we don't want to just be words. We want to be action as well. We say this podcast is because of you guys and for you guys, and it's the least we can do to give back to you guys. You make it all possible. So small token of our appreciation, and uh, we're very happy that you guys won. And thank you all uh, for putting into the raffle as well. Yeah, so he uh, T-Twice is keeping an eye on the combine while we chat here tonight, and I do not blame you one wit, my friend, not one wit. Um, Zach, so kind of interesting, a quick segue. I know we're talking combine and all that stuff, but, um, we mentioned last night. In fact, I think we titled the episode around Nathaniel Hackett finally, finally breaks his silence on the subject of Drew Locke. Well, lo and behold, the the floodgates have opened, if you will. Uh, what's up, Michael? Good to see you, big dog. Thank you, buddy. Um, he gave uh, an interview to KOA, Zach, and uh, according to Brandon Cristal, this is what Nathaniel Hackett said on the subject of Drew. Quote, I'm really excited to work with Drew. I really am. You look back at his past, he's had a lot of different systems. In my past, working with quarterbacks that have been through a lot of systems, it's difficult because what do they believe in? You go out there and you've had one guy say this and he had another guy say this or do this footwork or do that in the end, we just want those guys to go out there and play. So I think it's a clean slate for everybody. And I'm excited to see drew. He's a talented kid. I'm very excited to work with him. Close quote, Zach, your thoughts. Honestly, I'm a, I'm a big drew guy. As everyone knows, no secret there, but until really it's on the field, it's all kind of saying the same thing at this point. It's all like, what else is he going to say? He's highlighting the obvious. He's being pretty objective while he's doing so, but it's just work. I want to see it on the field. Even the first OTA, the first minicamp practice, I want to see what drew lock looks like playing football under Nathaniel Hackett, not being talked about by Nathaniel Hackett. We have high hopes. I think Locke will do much better in Hackett's system and Outen and uh, Clint Kubiak, but it's all kind of recycling the same verbiage and the same talking points about Drew. I'm ready for the action to take place. Most definitely, but we still got a long wait to go until we start seeing the action. Here's what's new, because he mentioned, Zach, of course, you know, the, the many systems thing. And if you think about it, you go, well, I get it. You know, he's been in the league three years but he's only actually had two systems. What are we talking about? Oh, I remember different system. Uh, I think he only had one continuity year to year at Mizzou. Was it his sophomore, sophomore. to junior year? I think, but three, three systems in four years at Mizzou and then two systems in three years. So you take seven years. This dude has had five different systems. Did I do the math right? Yes. Five different systems. So that's what Nathaniel Hackett's talking about. But 
I'm encouraged by the fact that he said multiple times, he emphasized it, Hackett, that he's excited to work with Drew. So I still don't interpret any of this. I'm not jumping the shark here, Zach, to say, you know, obviously they're sneaking, uh, they're sneaking this one in. It's all, it's going to be Drew the whole time. You know, I'm not saying that Drew is to me, most evidently not their plan A in 2022, but it is interesting. I feel like I actually have a little bit more of a bead now on Nathaniel Hackett's true opinion of Drew Locke. Now, could it be coach speak? Could it simply be a guy trying to keep, uh, you know, in the most cynical way possible, trying to maintain a potential trade chip value? Yes, it's possible, but I don't really see that. I see Nathaniel Hackett kind of telling you what it is without getting ahead of himself in terms of making any kind of promises or anything like that. If anyone watched the sit down that Hackett had with, um, uh, was it who, Peter Schrager, I think does the angry runs right on uh, good morning football. He sat down, had an interview. He's such a genuine guy. Hackett is, I mean, he's the real deal. He's not, there's no facade. There's no motive or agenda in what he's saying. He's pretty much, speaking the truth and speaking really how he feels. And that's why I feel like him and Peyton got along so well because Peyton's the same way, but I digress on that. He's being honest about Drew. I think he's excited to work with Drew, but the bigger storyline, the bigger headline would have been if he said, I'm not excited to work with Drew Locke. I don't want to work with Drew Locke. We, we're not, we don't believe in Drew Locke. Obviously, he won't say that. It's an exciting option. It's nice for Locke, and it's nice for the Broncos and those covering the Broncos that there's a quarterback who's actually propping up his his uh, excuse me a coach that's propping up his quarterback right now after the last couple of years of Fangio who so openly disliked Drew Locke so it's exciting there's at least a backup plan there's at least hope in Denver at quarterback however minimal that may be to some and uh, we have to see where it goes like I said I want action on the field Kyle Brandt sorry you're right under Kyle Brandt not trigger thank you uh, Travis Weber says uh, did any of the quarterbacks wow Denver to convince them of drafting one in this draft. Nobody knows that yet, but I think it's safe to say that if Malik Willis is turning heads just in the interviews, you know, he's probably a charisma, how, a, how a guy kind of presents himself, what he's got between the ears, like foot IQ period is very important to George Payton. Like that, that attracts him. All right. Uh, same thing with Nathaniel Hackett in terms of, you know, he was uh, very intelligent, very um, charismatic. Those things affect George Payton in a positive way. He's attracted to that. And for good reason. These are the type of uh, traits, <clears throat> pardon me, um, that make the world go round. All right. For men or women, charismatic, high IQ, high energy. And then we learn about Malik Willis that, you know what, he actually is uh, he's a pretty selfless guy, too, you know, because he wasn't trying to get any. Um, publicity out of helping someone on the street and all that. So I'd be willing to bet that Malik Willis, uh, that the Broncos probably came out of a visit with Malik Willis at some point anyway, uh, feeling very high on him as a possibility. But again, with Malik, it comes back down to how far away is he in terms of being ready to be a bona fide starter? He's definitely Zach. There's no question. We've talked about this many times on the podcast and you and you and I are not this publication's top draft analysts all right that's not our bag but with our eyes i'm telling you malik willis's ceiling dwarfs any of the guys in this class but he's still very much in potential all right he's in chrysalis he went from being or he's trying to go right from being the caterpillar to the big beautiful butterfly 
And it's these NFL guys job right now to figure out what that's going to take to get him to the butterfly and how long it's going to take. You know, you mentioned uh, Willis not being really a viable candidate to start in 2022 that he would need a season or two to develop, but except for Pickett, who really is ready as a day one starter in this year's class? There's all developmental prospects, some have higher ceilings than others. I happen to believe that Malik Willis's ceiling is higher than everybody else's. Can you imagine with his athleticism, the play actions and the boot fakes he can do in Hackett's system? That's what that's what it's, the bread and butter is. And that's what Drew Locke would also thrive with as well. So this is kind of what I'm leaning toward right now, taking away Aaron and taking away Russell Wilson and discarding a trade for the plan C likes of Jimmy Garoppolo and Carson Wentz. Follow what the Niners did. Obviously Malik Willis is not Trey Lance, but he has some, some of the same uh, intangibles and uh, comparables, but yep. use Drew Locke as the Garoppolo. If you want to let um, Malik Willis develop on the bench for a year, you don't want to throw him in the fire right away. You have a veteran. Drew Locke now is a veteran quarterback. Who knows how we'll do in Hackett's system, but if that's an option, the Broncos could easily defer to that I wouldn't have a problem with. Two high upside quarterbacks. You got to figure they would nail one of those. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I'm looking here at uh, at the chat, and there's some interesting topics to uh potentially address here i want to grab this one from adam d vasquez um (laughs) he says you guys really do a great podcast i will always be a bears fan through thick and thin but you guys do a great job p.s chad when are you going to do a broncos theme song punk style uh y'all know chad is a master when it comes to music too right xoxo bear down Look, this is one of my best homies, Adam Vasquez, slipping into the chat, trying to throw props at his old buddy. Uh, Used to be in a band with Adam, did I, back when I was a teenager in high school. And uh, we go way back. So love you, bro. Appreciate you, my friend. Maybe I will write a Huddle Up podcast theme song. I mean, that's what you see behind me, all this music gear that I've stockpiled over the years. Uh, Appreciate you, Adam. Travis says, I emailed my profile pic. We got that. Thank you, buddy. No baseball with the lockout, no pun intended. Bring on the draft and get ready for football and prayers to uh, what's going on in Europe. Yes, sir. Prayers indeed. Uh, It's unfortunate. And uh, I don't even want to say the word because then it gets flagged by the algo bots on certain uh, platforms. And then the reach of this podcast gets muted. And that's not what we're here to talk about. So I hope you understand that, uh, Big T. Yeah, I'm not devolving into politics with Ukraine, but... Not a huge baseball guy, at least not anymore, so I'm not sweating the lockout too much. Bring me as much NFL. Hook that in my veins and do not stop it 24-7 year-round. That's what I live for, baby. So let's get it. Amen. Um, here's an interesting question from Jesse. If Drew Locke was in this class, would he be QB1? If so, what does that tell you? That's an interesting question. I think he'd be up there, yeah, I do. I think he'd be viewed as QB1. Or two. It'd probably come down to him and Willis, maybe pick it in there too. Um, but yeah. And, you know, what does that say about the class or what does that even say about Drew Locke? Look, but yeah, he probably, Zach, be uh, top two, I would I would guess. He was viewed for what it's worth, guys. Now, obviously, it didn't shake out this way, but Drew Locke in the 2019 draft, most... Uh, credible draft Knicks and all the mocks and all that with very few exceptions Zach, were mocking him in the first round. Most of them were mocking him to Denver at 10. He was not just some like, you know, 
uh, slapdash guy the Broncos reached for in round two. Like he was viewed as a first round prospect who dropped, who, who plummeted. And the Broncos passed on him twice, technically. I mean, really once, but technically twice because they took Dalton Reisner um, right before him. But they wouldn't have probably taken Dalton if they didn't have that trade already worked out to take Drew. But I digress. Probably the top quarterback. What do you think? I don't know. I, I think there's a reason why he did fall to the second round, though. And uh, the same things that people are killing him now uh, for were killing him coming out of the draft for. So Willis would be the quarterback one still because of his dual threat ability, because he's um, impressing teams and in interviews by his knowledge and his smarts and his, his, his uh, mental progressions. That's one of the big knocks on Drew. I think maybe QB two, maybe, but QB three, he'd be battling it out with like um, the corrals and the Sam Howells and the Carson Strongs. He'd be in the top five for sure. I don't think quarterback one though. I think that's still Lewis. Uh, Travis, no need to apologize, bro, at all. Trust, no need to apologize whatsoever. Um, okay, let me uh, let me turn the page here just for a second. The Denver Broncos, Zach, there was an interesting article uh, that you published last night or this morning. The Denver Broncos undecided on whether or not to exercise Noah Fant's fifth-year option. Now, this is you know, some analysis coming out of what uh, George Payton said earlier this week, but tell fans what the Broncos are thinking or at least revealing their thinking right now on fan. I got a fly that wants to be a guest star on the Huddle of Pod tonight. Um, yeah, they, uh, George Payton was asked, are you decided on uh, Noah Fant's fifth-year option for 2023, so next year? And he goes, we haven't decided yet. We still have some time. The window closes May 2nd, so they have about two months. Um, but uh, they want Noah Fant to be there for a long time. So if you want him there for a long time, pick up the option, make it happen. And it's pennies on the dollar for a player like Noah Fant. And I'm saying that as someone who's higher on Fant than most others, they have not used him correctly. And as I wrote there, despite everything that went on last year and the, the loss of his mother, by the way, which I think played a huge part in that career highs and receptions and touchdowns. And he, he still had uh Six hundred and seventy yards in that offense, while competing again with Alberto, who was making waves, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and all the others. And in a Pat Shermer offense, he was never used to the best of his abilities. I happen to think Justin Outen, being the former Green Bay Packers tight ends coach, who's now the Broncos OC, is going to make some serious hay with Noah Fan and Alberto. He's under contract for this year, but for next year, I mean, look at that. $6.6 million for a three-down starting tight end, your former first-round pick, who's shown flashes legitimately on the field. The Broncos have $38 million in cap space. I am exercising this all day, every day. I hope Peyton uh, decides that. Especially, I mean, especially if you get that quarterback upgrade that you're looking for. But even if you don't find an outside guy to come in and be a day one improvement over say drew lock with a, a forward thinking West coast Shanahan slash Gruden uh, coach like Hackett, man, I, I shudder to think what kind of production you could get out of Noah Fant, even with drew lock as the trigger man, as your kind of contingency plan. I mean, he's here for sure this year, as you as you report, as you just mentioned. It's a, what we're talking about here is what are they going to do in 2023? And a lot of fans don't realize that if you're going to a, a exercise a first-round pick's fifth year, you actually have to anticipate it and do it a year in advance, basically. So it's a deadline that's approaching here this spring. Broncos are undecided, but I think it would be folly not to just pull the trigger because, again, 
we're not, as you talked about, Zach, talking about here, you know, suddenly going from Fant making $2 million, uh on the cap to uh, something ridiculous like, you know, 20, 15, even 10. We're talking about $6 million bucks. So keep him in the incubator. Keep him within the franchise through the entirety of his rookie deal, including a fifth year. And I think the Broncos' patience and, and the investment they've made, the development, the time they put into him, it'll bear fruit. I saw someone in the comments say it's too much for Noah fan. I mean, really, six point six million is is too much for a player like that. When Dalton Schultz from the Cowboys, a former nobody who had one decent season, is going to get about twelve on the open market, you know, double what Fant would get. I am picking that up all day, every day. I think he's going to pop in this offense. And imagine a quarterback. Maybe even an upgrade like Malik Willis with his athleticism, finding Noah Fant down the seam off boot action. There's so much you can do with a player like Fant, especially in an offense that can draw coverage away from him using the other receivers. Again, I'm higher on Fant than most others, but I am uh, definitely bringing him back. All right, let me jump into the chat here real quick. There's a couple other news items uh, that I want to get to relative to the combine here, but let me see what's on everybody's mind at this moment. Um, yeah, it is interesting. It is interesting that, uh, as Jeremy says here, that they haven't made the decision on Fant. Um, but there's a lot of different factors that could be going into why they might be, uh, dragging their feet. Alfonso, great to see you, my friend. Thank you for that super chat. He says, did you guys see Connor Hayward, the tight end out of Michigan at the combine? Dude looks like a stud and is Cameron Hayward's little brother yeah dude he's uh he's looking good um let me find my note on this guy but yes the problem here guys is you know i guess if you if you're not going to exercise fans option then tight ends on the on the menu right or in the premium rounds you could go uh with plausibly with a straight face go draft one but if no fan fits in here for at least the next two years and beyond and you've got alberto for at least the next two years I'm not sure you really need to invest premium round capital, Zach, on tight end. Right. I was going to say, even if you decline the option, you still have Fant under contract for 22. So why would you draft a tight end now between Alberto and Fant? You could sign a, a random free agent, you know, bring back Sauber to be a blocker for all I care. But you have two high upside guys that can stretch the seam, do things down the field. Fant got a little better as a blocker. I know he's not perfect there, but you can work with him. He was never going to thrive like every other Broncos offensive player in Pat Shermer's scheme. I want to see what he can do in Hackett and out in scheme. Uh, he ran a 4-7-3, did Connor Hayward, <clears throat> by the way. Not enough to lead. The official, unofficial leader right now for tight ends, speed-wise, is UCLA's Greg how do you say that kid's name? Dulcich? 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 I don't know. Um, Cottonmouth78, great to see you, bro. How have you been? It has been a bit. It's great to see you. He says, I just want to say I'm excited for the new coaches and I'm tired of hearing about the quarterback position. <laughs> just roll with Locke and see what happens. No guts, no glory. Fortune favors the bold. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. 
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Let's go full Indiana Jones on this podcast. I, I hate to break it to you, Cottonmouth, but until they have that solidified, we're going to have to talk about it. You know, I, I get, and so does Chad as well, we all get fatigued talking about the same topics, Aaron and Drew and what they're going to do and sp speculate. That's why I want to see action. But until we get that action, like Chad pointed out, it's a ways away. And we're going to have to keep speculating and analyzing and predicting and projecting what the Broncos are going to do. I'm there with you. If they go with Locke, I'm really excited about that. I just want upside at that position. I want a playmaker at that position. If you put in Andy Dalton or Mac Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, I don't want to fall asleep while watching the Broncos. I want to jump out of my seat while watching the Broncos. Uh, real quick, I want to grab this one, Scott, from Travis Tarbox at 638. Uh, he says that Pickett scares him with the fumbles. <clears throat> Seen a lot of guys overcome their disadvantages to be great, though. Yeah, that's the problem with Pickett is not only does he have the smaller hands, uh, but it we've seen it come out in the wash through uh, through a lack of ball security. It's a concern, but, you know, I don't know. We're told that Peyton and Hackett are hand-sized truthers. So if that's true, though, if it's true, then Pickett's probably off the board in round one. Doesn't mean they couldn't be interested in taking him somewhere maybe round with their second round pick one of their two second round picks if they indeed still have those picks come draft day but um i just don't think kenny pickett is the guy for denver this year i mean i like him there's a lot to like about him as a prospect and you can debate whether or not he is as a lot of people say the most pro ready of this class but first round mm, he's probably a second round pick well i'm to give you a scenario that's appropriate to denver and not many other teams the, I think it was 2015, right? The Patriots, Broncos getting the CJ Anderson long touchdown run. Yep. In the blizzard, do you trust Pickett to hold on to the ball and to make plays in that weather? And right. you're going to have to if you play quarterback for the Broncos. I, I just, I don't want a guy whose floor is so much higher than his ceiling. If they're not going to, if they want to develop him and give him five, seven, 10 years, I want him to get better. I don't want him to stagnate. I feel like that's what Pickett would be in the NFL. That's a great game to reference relative to this issue at hand. And I was there. I was actually in the stands with the fans and on that night. And, you know, I had gloves for the, for most of it. But I'm telling you right now, if you ask me in that those conditions to go grip a big old football. Now, granted, I, I don't even know what my hand size is. I guess I could measure it because I have a I'll tell you what my hand size is right now. You ready? I've done my stretches. I'm eight. I'm I am. Uh, I'm nine, dude. <laughs> I got nines. Yo, put me in coach. Um, but if you would have told me, Hey, with your frozen hands, it can feel nothing. And 
go out there and handle a football and do, please don't do something that these 60 some odd thousand people will hate you for. No promises, no promises. Hand stretches. Guys, quote unquote. You, you want receipts? All right, check this, dude. Put Jensen in. First round pick. Oh, I don't know if I could do it. All right, look. Tippy, tippy. Nines, bro. Nines. Let's go. Willie McGoogle. Will, Will, Willima Google. Hey, Will, I'm just going to call you Willie. How's that? Wiley. Welcome. It's like Wiley Coyote, you know? Welcome. Yeah, I got it, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, big dog. Thank Wiley you for that. Google. Very generous super chat. First name, Wiley. Uh, okay, Wiley McGoogle. I love it, dude. Much appreciated the job you guys do. Love to listen live when able or later. Anyhow, will we ever get our QB sitch resolved soon? Denver Broncos for life since the late 70s. The original number seven, Craig Morton. Wiley, appreciate you, my friend. Yes, I think George Payton's the man to get this job done. And soon, I don't know, because an artist can only uh, you know work with the materials that he has access to. He doesn't have access to Aaron Rodgers. The Green Bay Packers own that dude's rights. Doesn't have access to Russell Wilson, owned by the Seattle Seahawks. Jimmy Garoppolo, nope. Kirk Cousins, nope. Hey, Jameis Winston's out there. Uh, Mike Evans wrote about that today for us, Zach. So is, uh, I'm trying to think of the other free agents. That's I it. Sh <laughs> I, I shudder to think. We don't um, have to talk about them. Then there's the draft. And the Broncos are actually, for this class, like in a, in a traditional quarterback class, nine might put you just you know a, a little bit outside of reach of, of having a really good chance of getting one of the top guys. I mean, look at the 2018 class. How many quarterbacks were drafted in that first round? Actually, in the top 10, let's just say, because you had Baker, number one, Darnold, uh, uh, Rosen. Where was Allen? Allen was before Rosen. Was he six? He went right after Denver, right? Either way, you had, and I think Rosen went 10. So you had, you know, four quarterbacks just in the top 10. Or am I, I might be getting that wrong, but at least three. All right, for sure. For sure, three. This year, um, you know, I don't think there's a quarterback here that's going to command a team to take him or move up to get him like that in the top 10, which means if the Broncos do like one of these guys, there's a good shot, Zach, that he'll be there at pick nine. And then perhaps Wiley's, um, aggravation will be solved, but it might be a can being kicked down the road. I think you've got to answer your question. How much longer, bro? I think no later than 2023 draft. It'll be fixed. Not that it matters. I thought that Allen went after uh, Quentin Nelson, so it wasn't like seven or eight. I don't mean I might be right. It doesn't really matter. But well, uh, now let's look. Ever is a pretty big time span, though. So eventually, the Broncos, you know, by uh, by odds alone, are going to land their quarterback, and I think it's going to happen fairly soon. You know, if uh, they take us some guy with an upside like Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, let's say, and Hackett's the real deal, and Outen and Kubiak, that's your franchise guy. But so Zach. Baker one, Darnold three, Allen seven. So it's two picks after the Broncos, and then Rosen ten. Undefeated. So there's four guys, and then Nary a Q, Nary a Q, Nary a Q until Lamar, the Ravens take him. If I'm not mistaken, they, they traded back up into round one to grab him at 32. So five Qs in that class, and uh, one of them has already basically burned out completely from the league 
as a viable starter in Josh Rosen. Darnold's dang close. And Baker's hanging on. Uh, Allen's the truth. And so is Lamar Jackson. Let me just tack on one final thing. You're never, we're not going to answer this question definitively once and for all by the, using the stopgap options, by the signing the Jameises and trading for the Garoppolo's or the Wences or Matt, Matt Ryan, whoever. They have to find that young guy, and I've been screaming about that almost every pod the last couple of years. You've got to keep swinging for the fence, and I would say this even if they were to land. Aaron or Russell Wilson. They got to get that long-term guy and finally put this question to bed. Long-term sustainable viability. Name of the game. Indubitably. Let's grab Big T again. He says, I'm curious as to Josie Jewell, AJ Johnson, and Kenny Young, who gets re-signed, who goes. I honestly feel if Jewell has kept it, Johnson could be gone with Young and Browning's emergence last season. Yeah, I mean, they'll pick one of those three. And and Peyton basically said as much. Um, and then before the combine, we got reports that they're leaning Jewel and that they plan to talk and sit down with Jewel's camp at the combine and get something ironed out. So who knows? Maybe that reporting in hindsight will be proved wrong and they go AJ, but I definitely don't think it's going to be Kenny Young. Uh, and it feels like it's going to be uh, it's going to be Josie Jewel. And that's not the worst thing. Josie Jewel is like a coach on the field. And he showed some some strong signs of taking big steps forward last year before he got hurt. And then you draft. You draft a guy or two. You've got Baron Browning, a third-round pick that showed out big time down the stretch. If you could just keep him healthy, the dude's a difference maker. And then uh, uh, no, uh, Jonas Griffith. So you've got some options. I'm not holding out hope that Justin Sternod's going to amount to much, Zach, after nah. that crap show when he was put in as a starter last year or so. But this class has some really good off-ball guys. And, and, you know, honestly, the free agent class does as well. And I've been a proponent of handing a relative bag over to Devondre Campbell, who earned first-team All-Pro honors last year, 146 tackles, career high. That's a guy you build around. That's a defensive foundational piece, and I would love him next to Baron Browning. Um, but you can argue Josie, Alexander, Kenny Young. They're all Band-Aid guys. I don't really think – any of them are long-term upside guys. They want to come back in a short-term, incentive-heavy, low-guarantee deal, fine with me. But it shouldn't and won't preclude the Broncos from adding to that position on the open market and in the draft, as they should. Uh, JJ says, it's good to see you, bro. And I, we did get your email, so we're sending you a little care package. Be looking for that in the next week or so. Uh, with the KJ Hamler injury, is there a later-round guy with a similar skill set that you like? A lot of speed in this class, bro. A lot of speed popping off uh, as we're seeing at the combine. Probably, uh, we're probably not the best guys to ask about that. You know, ask one of the morning show dudes, ask Eric Trickle tomorrow night. They know the names of, I mean, Eric knows the name of every cat basically that's at the combine anyway. And it has a little, uh, can get, tell you something about each guy. I don't have a late round guy. Scott, you got somebody? I have There's someone... a lot of speed, bro. I have someone that I thought was a late round guy, but he's not going to be a, a late round guy anymore. It's Sky Moore. He ran a four, three something. I mean, he burned up the combine today, but I think he's going to be a day two pick, probably a second round pick. Those deep ball threats, a guy who can run really fast in a straight line, those are relatively easy to find. Fortunately, the Broncos found two of the big body possession guys, and they have them in Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, throw in Jerry Judy. I have high hopes for KJ, but he had a serious 
uh, knee injury, he might not be the same. If they want to supplement that position, you can do so in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds, undrafted free agency. They don't necessarily have to use a premier uh, round pick on a slot receiver. Appreciate you, my friend. Um, we've got Nash, the fifth. It's like an emperor. Oh, wait, hold on. We got some uh, highlights here, and then we'll grab Nash. Hang tight, Nash. Who are we looking at? Sky? Oh, no. Who's this? Here, I'm going to look at the – I best look at the chat. Velas Jones. We're watching uh, some, some Senior Bowl highlights that Scott was able to get. Oh, someone dropped a ball. Was that Pickett? <laughs> uh, yeah, dude, he's he's intriguing. Is he viewed as a late-round guy? Okay. So keep that as a name for you, JJ. Velas Jones, Tennessee, right there, number one. Let's see how, boom, very, uh, nice. oh yeah, he's an intriguing guy. Appreciate the assist on that, Mr. Producer. Um, okay, back to Nash the fifth. Good evening, Broncos country. Would you like to see the Broncos draft an edge or linebacker first? And who would be your first, who would be your choice of the positions? I'd like to see edge first. I'd like to see edge first. Um, a lot of really good options. I, you know, trying to be uh, reasonable about who will be there. I kind of come back to Thibodeau, um, but Jermaine Johnson, he was mocked to the Broncos by Daniel Jeremiah. I think was did Kuiper also mock, mock him? I think to the Broncos. He's interesting out of FSU, uh, inside linebacker. If you do go linebacker, Zach, to me at nine, you're going Devin Lloyd from Utah. Pretty pleased. Thank you very much. At least they have one inside linebacker. You can argue they don't have two edge guys. I'm not I'm losing faith quickly on Bradley Chubb, especially as a long-term guy who's going to get a second contract from Denver. They need two edge rushers, starting edge rushers. Cooper is a nice third guy to have, but I'm not quite sold on him yet as a full-time starter. So edge for sure. Again, that's their biggest non-quarterback need uh, this offseason. Yes, it is. Uh, Terry? Hey, good to see you, bro. Up in Canada, we know who Terry Randall is. Let's go. He says, I'm just showing love to MHH and the awesome community, my brothers from other mothers, and especially any watching from the Dub Z. Oh, I think, what What do you think that means? I think I know what that means. From the from the Dub Z. I don't know actually what that means. Could he, Warzone? I don't know. We love and support you, yes. And RIP Duke. RIP Duke. Isn't the isn't the uh, soon to be Mrs. Isn't that where she's from, Terry? I want to say, or is it Poland? I think it was Ukraine, right? Uh, I can't remember for sure, but appreciate you, big dog. Good to see you, Kayaka in the hizzy. What's going on, bro? He says, "Evening, Ohana. Did you guys see that Josh McDaniels hired Tom McMahon as special teams coach? LOL. Love this. Two times a year." Jokes on the Raiders. Yes, it is in more ways than one. Who knows, man? Maybe Josh McDaniels is going to prove us all wrong and that he just was a little too green behind the ears and needed a little more um, time to mature on the vines, Zach. But the best predictor of future behavior, not the only, but the best, is the past. And I just don't think he, everything I've heard and been told by former players, everything I've read, that dude was a complete – ass 
Fair. And uh, a lot guys like that, and we've all known guys like that, right? Coolest guy they know, smartest guy they know. They don't people like that rarely change, you know. So who knows? You know, that was to be fair and objective, that was his biggest downfall was his people skills or lack thereof. And he even said that. He just wasn't ready to be a head coach yet. But his football acumen, for the most part, his offensive acumen is pretty good. And he's going into an offense or leading an offense now led by Derek Carr, and he has uh, Josh Jacobs, and he has uh, Renfro, and he has Darren Waller, and he has a lot of weapons he can work with, a nice offensive line as well. If he can get the people side down and the relationship side down, he could do pretty well. But one person that's never going to change is Tom McMahon. He is always going to be, to use your word, Chad, ass, and that's never, <laughs> ever, ever going to change. I literally cannot wait for the first Broncos Raiders game, and I just want to see them rip like a sixty-yard kick return right off the right off the bat. By the way, Adam, Feeling I petty. just realized on your uh, Facebook profile pic that that you've got James Hetfield playing the snake bite with the face superimposed of Frankenstein, baller dude. Andrew Baker, what's going on? Talk about ballers. Who let's put Uncle Chad at quarterback in Philly, uh, looking gangsta Zach at, at yeah you look you do look like a Philly gangster like I would not be surprised if I was watching Silver Linings Playbook and Bradley Cooper's characters walking down the street to go meet Jennifer Lawrence's character and then you see this dude kind of walking down the sidewalk maybe sweats him for hey what do you got in your pockets is like Gollum you know show us your uh, show show us the green. I could have seen you as an extra. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I was actually going for the Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I'm going to keep it pretty uh, <laughs> PG on the pod. But, yeah, appreciate you, Andrew. Yeah, Tugalicious indeed. Uh, Alfonso Malik Willis might be the guy who goes toe-to-toe with Mahomes for the division crown every year for the next decade. If GP loves him, that's Peyton, he should take him at nine because surely he'll be gone by 20. I think it's probably a pretty safe bet. Malik Willis will be gone by 20. But uh, I think in Jeremiah's mock, he had two quarterbacks going round one, Willis and Pickett, and it was like 18 and 20. And I can't remember now off the top of my head which one was first. But but yeah, if you want him, you got to take him a nine. That's certain on Willis anyway. And, you know, to the argument that this quarterback class is so bad that quarterbacks won't be drafted in the top 10, top 15, whatever, maybe top five, all it takes is one. All it takes is one team to fall in love hard enough or get desperate enough to take that plunge. And if they're going to go quarterback at nine, I'm not quite ready to sign off on that just yet. Not yet. I hope it's Malik Willis. I don't think Kenny Pickett is worth a top 10 pick. If they want to move back, and I said uh, yesterday's pod, actually, it's funny that this is mentioned. Malik Willis's floor to me is probably 20 right now. He could be maybe a top seven or eight guy, but I don't know. We'll see. Scott, can you throw Phil back on? I accidentally clicked on why it's next, but thank you. Uh, Phil says, and thank you, Phil. I was watching an interview with this kid from Alabama, Evan Neal. Great character and intelligence. Any thoughts on him? Love him, dude. Love him. In a perfect world, he's there at nine, but he's not going to be. He's a top five pick. Might be number one overall. Number one. Yeah. He's going to be the first guy. They were smart. Jacksonville will take him to help out Trevor Lawrence, but I don't know how smart they are. But yeah, phenomenal young talent. He's going to be a pro bowler. He's a stud. He's a set and forget guy. And uh, that's it. So, but out of, out of our reach, alas. Um, Okay. Let's see here. Wyatt says, uh, (laughs) he puts on a gas mask bong on draft night. He might (laughs) fall to the Broncos, but who knows? But you know what? 
it took a very vindictive step family member. Was it the stepdad that leaked that? (laughs) Trying to torpedo his own stepson's draft stock. It's like, yo, dude, what world are you living in? He needed Cam Newton's father or Odell Beckham's. Wyatt says the hate and non-love for Josie Jewell is insane. Dude's a monster and is the anchor in the middle that this team needs. Yeah, he just, the problem why people don't love Wyatt or why the, re- the reason they don't love Jewel is you don't see the splash plays. That's one of the reasons fans are much more like if you did a poll, Zach, maybe I'll do this just to prove my point. If I did a poll on MHH Twitter or Facebook after this podcast and said, you can only sign one, who is it? Josie Jewel or AJ, the pendulum will swing widely for AJ because even though it's been a minute since he was doing it, that first year he was a starter in 2019, Year one of Fangio. Uh, dude was a whirling dervish. Multiple impact plays, forced fumbles, picks, uh, sacks, stuff like that. And that's what gets fans' attention. Jules, a guy, buttoned up. You don't got to worry. Assignment driven. Coach on the field. Leader. He's out there making sure dudes are doing what they're supposed to do. He's handling his business. Um, but he's the guy that you don't – I mean, he's when, when, when a linebacker, Zach, makes a tackle uh, for a three-yard gain, Fans are like, you know, hey, babe, what's for dinner? Like, they don't even notice. They don't – that's just like matter of course. That's just what happens. Now, if that same guy, you know, tips a pass, jumps up, picks it off, now we're cooking with grease. Jules been a guy that just takes care of business. You know, like we talked about with Evan Neal, set and forget. Jules kind of that guy. Um, like to see a few more splash plays out of him. Probably never going to get that from him, though, Zach. He's a, he's a lunch pail dude, but he's also very, very – those kind of guys are very, very valuable. Let's call it like it is. He's Todd Davis. I mean, good leader, good two-down guy, good against the run, lunch pail guy, workman-like guy, but he's not Devin White. And I want Devin freaking White in a Broncos uniform. I want that type of inside linebacker. I realize you can't have pro bowlers and all pros everywhere, but they've just gone too long getting killed by tight ends, killed by running backs, not getting enough game-changing plays from the middle of their defense. They want to bring back Jewel once again. Fine. I'm all for it on a short-term deal, but he's not the answer long-term, and they got to find that guy next to Baron Browning. As Albert says, a person like Jewel makes it happen for other players. Yes, he does. Um, Yes, he does. Cody Dub in the house, he says, and thank you, bro. In the division, we are in need of a linebacker that can cover. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller. You're up against two times a year and possibly in the postseason. Yeah. You know who would be a good ace for that? Devin Lloyd. Go get him if you want him at nine. But are you in love with, uh, you know, Malik Willis? Quarterback takes precedent here. So if the Broncos come out of these interviews with Willis and all their due diligence, talking to people around Liberty, talking to all the other schools, he, uh, what was the other school he went to? Was it Auburn? I confuse him if it was Auburn or Georgia. Either way, talk to people around Malik Willis go to his pro day, all that stuff. Maybe they fall in love and they take him at nine. You got to solve quarterback first. But if you don't take a quarterback at nine, I would be stoked on Devin Lloyd and he would kill the the two birds with one stone. He'd tackle for you sideline to sideline and he's got some coverage chops. But Zach, then what do you do about edge rusher? Because Bradley Chubb, if he's healthy and there's no compromised anything about him, he's going to give you, you know, top, 20 edge rusher impact 
but that's a big if, guys. And can the Broncos now, this far into his career, hang their hat on that? No way. You can't, which is why edge rusher has to be the first priority after quarterback. Yeah, someone in the comments, or you know, I, I think it was uh, the, the comment that Jewel opens up things for other players. What did he open up? What players stepped up and made game-changing plays in the Broncos' front seven? It was few and far in between. And you can get those guys are a dime a dozen. I just don't get the Josie Jewel love. But if you want to address this need on the open market with a veteran and not have two young players at inside linebacker like Baron Browning and, and Lloyd, for example, throw some money again at Devondre Campbell. Go watch his tape. I mean, what, I know it's a one-year wonder type thing, but he, uh, I think he's the truth. And he's a guy first entering his prime, a guy you build around, a good veteran counterpart for uh, Browning as well. I'd be all for that, addressing that need so you can go edge in round one. You can go Malik Willis in round one or whoever else. Dale jumping in, <clears throat> pardon me, off the top rope, rendering me speechless, putting frogs in my throat over here with just the the generosity that you show us, my friend. Love you. Appreciate you. you so much. Seriously, love you, bro. He says, if we aren't convinced on a QB round one, I'd rather go up a couple spots to get one of the top two edge rushers, if possible, without selling the house. Of course, we are going to hook up when you come <laughs> to the, how do you say that? Ina? Ana? Ana? Ina. I don't know. You'll have to educate me on that, bro. Okay. <laughs> All right, dude, I'm going to keep you in the loop. I'll uh, email you the, the dates. I'm going to be there, dude, and uh, love to hang out. Be fun. I, I don't think I'm moving up in this draft in the in the first top 10 to uh, get an edge guy. I think this draft class is loaded. It's it's uh, a lot of depth, a lot of good second, third, fourth round picks. If one falls to the Broncos at nine, great, but I don't think I'm moving up. I'd move down way sooner before I'd move up. Uh, Eric, and then guys, we got to get out of here for tonight. He says, I'm bummed we're not landing one of the top tier quarterbacks, but trying to stay positive that Peyton will have another great draft and Hackett and company can lead us back, <clears throat> back to the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I love what George Peyton said when he stood up at the ceremony to accept the award of the best draft in 2021, fifth annual award as voted on by peers not media not fans the league guys voted broncos had the best 2021 draft class so george payton stands up there and he goes i'm a little surprised that we won this considering we only had seven wins but hey we're taking it you know he's he can solve the problem i think it's just you know you can't just snap your fingers and say give me the solution to our quarterback woes long term right now if he sees one though that he sees as a viable a candidate for that, and he has any controls act over landing that quarterback. Put whether it's trade, free agency, draft, he's going to swing for the fences. That you can count on with George Payton. He has to. I mean, he knows the honeymoon's over for him. He hired an offensive mind. Uh, he retooled the coaching staff. He overcompensated in, in, a, in a good way, in a, in a positive way, uh, from the Vic Fangio era, and it's all on him now. And he feels the criticism and he feels the weight of the opinion, public opinion of passing on the fields last year, passing on the uh, Mac Jones, so on and so on. And he has to get it right. You know, I'm a big Peyton guy. I have high hopes for the Broncos this year and going forward, but you got to get that quarterback. And uh, I have faith that they will. Um, Nathan says, and thank you for the super great show. Chad with all his equipment, looking like he's producing Zach's next rap album. Yeah. Stay have tuned. you guys heard Zach's first rap album? Uh, certified diamond certified mess with diamond. 
All right, guys, we got to go though. So, uh, much oh, love got- and respect. Oh, okay. Thank you, guys. I don't know what this means, uh, Trash Panda Sabretooth. I'm assuming that's a compliment. No, I've been no, called, no, dude. I know he's talking about Wolverine's brother, dude, from Wolverine Origins. Tell me oh. I'm wrong, Trash Panda 5150. So, right, right over there. All right. So, what's the actor's name? Uh, Leif Schreiber. That's his name. You know who I'm talking about from uh, Ray Donovan? He's Ray Donovan. I've been called a lot worse in my life. That was the Huddle Up Podcast, though, guys. So ends another week of podcasting. Stay tuned for more pods in your near future. And stay tuned for when we're back on with you live, which is Sunday night, same time, same place. Follow us on Twitter in the meantime, though, at Huddle Up Pod. You follow the main account on Twitter for all your Broncos news, analysis, rumors, and more at Mile High Huddle. You can follow my partner in crime, Chad Jensen, at Chad Jensen. Chad and Jensen, excuse me, if you're doing this long enough. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a piece of what we're wearing, if you want, not literally, if you want a hat like Chad's wearing, a hat like I'm wearing, so on and so forth, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself some merchandise right now. And also facebook.com slash Huddle. Hit that big blue button, become a supporter. We have three exclusive shows each and every week. Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone. And Kelberman's Corner, I promise you, it's well worth that. The VIP premium content and Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, please, if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, we totally get it. Do these three things. Please, please, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. It helps us grow monumentally and reach more Broncos fans just like you. And we have grown like a monument. Only our monument. There there you go. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hashtag Sabretooth. Love it. Love it. See, I was right. Our monument, though, has your face on it. All right? I'm going to talk about Zach Kelberman. I'm talking about y'all. Mount Rushmore, it's you guys. Love you. Appreciate you. Um, what'd you say? I was sticking my teeth out. I look pretty stupid, and I won't do that again, but I was trying to be saver Come on, dude. I missed it. Let me see it. No, go watch it when the pod's over. I'm not embarrassing myself again. Okay, here we go. Shout out to these great Facebook supporters. Travis Weber finishing on top tonight. T Twice right behind him. Andrew Baker right behind. Phil McLaughlin, Michael Ronquillo, Lawrence Rivera, Eric Weber, and then these great Super Chat superstars, Sam Bam, Rod TV, Dave Millage, Alfonso, Cottonmouth, JJ, Wiley McGoogle. Love that name, dude. That's actually, I think you should change your MC name to Wiley McGoogle, Zach. That would be better for the next record that you and I are going to produce. Nash V slash Nash the Fifth. Terry, Cody Dub, D-Dub, Dale in Paradise, Hawaii. And Nathan, Nathan, aren't you also in Paradise or do I uh, misremember that? Aren't you in Hawaii? Either way, much love and respect. Thanks to each and every one of you. Great week podcasting. Don't miss Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we'll see you on Sunday. Aren't we all in paradise, Chad? We're alive, baby. We got our health, and uh, we're still hanging in there in this wild world we live in. But have a great weekend, guys. As Dylan says, leave a like on your way out. really helps the channel, really helps the brand grow. Have a great weekend. See you guys Sunday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. 
It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.